0: Hey, chuckleheads, you like uh Hotline Monday? I do. I sure enjoy it. So does Justin. And if you like it, maybe you'll want to contribute to it. Go over to patreon.com slash frogpants and consider it. Imagine what a buck a, a, a month would do. It's ridiculously cheap. Anyway, head on over there patreon.com slash frogpants. Here's the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Hotline Monday. It's February thirteenth, twenty seventeen. I'm Scott Johnson with Justin Robert Young. Hello, Justin.
1: Well, hello, Scott.
0: Good to see you. Have you and be near you?
1: Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, I, I am. Uh, I, I'm. I'm good. Uh, good to be back on a Monday. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Last week was stupid.
0: Huge, but yeah.
1: I'll, back. I'll tell you, Mondays are, uh, are are busy days for me now.
0: No, oh, how's that? I'm what do you got lined up? What do you
1: nonstop do? here? Uh, you know, uh, my time, 10 o'clock, I do the wrestling show with Dills. Mm-hmm. Today we had uh, Andrews Arian on. It was a great time. Yeah. And we roll right into weird things. And weird things, because of a tech delay, uh, literally pressed its sweet little nose right up to uh, Hotline Monday. <laughs> and uh, I, I popped right over here. So we're rocking and rolling. But I, I like having this one last because we get to talk to everybody. And, uh, you know, it's a, fun, it's a fun time. It's a
0: good time. And we usually have... Two things at play every week on this show. Uh, Well, three things. One, it's a live call-in show, so you guys matter. and What you say matters, and your calls matter a whole lot to what we're doing here. If you're watching the video, and you should be, you'll see a number up top. If you're listening via Alpha Geek Radio or some other audio way live, then here's that number, 801-895-4724. That's 801-895-4724. Second thing is we always have a topic, and third thing is we always talk about it. So what are we doing this week? What are we talking about? So,
1: I'm not gonna lie to y'all. uh Oh, every once in a while, sometimes it becomes hard to come up with topics for this show. Yeah. Uh, and and normally the process is sometime after TMS, Scott goes ahead and hits me with a little text message, says, "Hey man, what do you think? What are you thinking for
0: the show? How you feeling today?" And yeah.
1: and sometimes it's quick. Sometimes you know the 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 Esper's tilt in my favor. And I'm just like, brilliant topic. And Scott's like, great, brilliant topic. And that's it. Done. (laughs) Yeah. This time I was like, oh, Jesus, what the hell are we going to do? And I was even talking about it on the stream before. And I'm like, man, I don't even know what the hell we're going to do on this. And all of a sudden. Like manna from heaven. Yeah. The Lord did provide (laughs) in uh, a text message from uh, my friend. And your friend, the world's friend, Brett the Amtrekker Seville.
0: Oh, I love Amtrekker. All right. I didn't know he was involved in this trickery, this dark magic today. Because he sent me a text message out of
1: nowhere that I, in all caps, did you know that Bad Boys was originally developed with, Don, uh, with Dana Carvey and John Lovett? <laughs> now, I did know that. I didn't. But I had not thought of that in a while, to which I turned around and text messaged scott johnson yeah did you know that bad boys was originally developed for dana carvey and john lovitz yeah and you said no that's insane and i said well now we have our topic because there's a (laughs) million of these and a lot of people know them especially for their favorite movies of actors that turned down roles or or uh you know it didn't happen for one reason or another Uh, uh there's a million uh some of them Hell, Back to the Future is a famous one that yep. the movie was filming mm-hmm. uh, by the time that they wound up replacing the Michael J. Fox, uh, the role that Michael J. Fox uh, eventually got, Marty McFly. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so here's what we want. The what-ifs. Would it have been a better movie? Was it a worse movie? Uh, uh, on the casting, that never happened. But for a second, let's go ahead and dwell on <laughs> Bad Boys. A film that seemingly was built for uh, to capitalize on the on the post Martin post Fresh Prince of Bel Air, a uh, uh, a trend of a a big loud, uh, you know a dare I say uh, a authentically black uh, <laughs> Miami movie, instead would have been played by the decidedly unauthentically black Dana Carvey. And John Lovett. Well, well,
0: it was also it at a time during their career, career when, when I'm hearing myself for some reason. Me? Hello? Okay, it's gone. Uh, where those two were waning in their post-SNL popularity. Oh, like, no, no. Dana Carvey. So this would have been... It's like 90, what? 3? 5?
1: There was a time when Dana Carvey was not only thought to be somebody that would have been a bigger star than uh mike myers yeah but was going to be like a transcendent uh transcendent comedic force Mm. like there was the thought that he was gonna like possibly take over the tonight show i mean uh he was somebody that was mentioned uh as as a a possible replacement uh for uh uh, tom snyder when in the show that eventually went to conan Mm. like he was somebody that was gigantic now as it turns out, Mike Myers goes on to do Austin Powers and becomes this huge, massive movie star. He does the 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 Master of Disguise with the Turtle 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 Man, <laughs> and uh, and and they kind of go on these divergent paths, right? Yeah, yeah. But there was a time where Dana Carvey was going; he was supposed to have Mike Myers' career. No, Mike Myers you're you're up.
0: totally right, but he just never did. Like it never happened. The Master of Disguise thing was a complete flop, and nothing, no other projects looked right. It turned out. He was an SNL man, and the movies that he was going to most succeed in were going to be spinoffs from SNL, like with Mike Myers and Wayne's World and Wayne's World 2. It was going to be those kinds of projects where he would shine. Um, he would be not – you would not end up being an, another Eddie Murphy or, as it turns out, Mike Myers or uh, another you know Chevy Chase or something where the, there was a clear path after SNL of, of incredible Hollywood success. He wasn't okay, so gonna. Bad Boys
1: comes out. Yeah. In '95. Yeah. Uh, Wayne's World Two was in '93, so he would be. This would be developed after Wayne's World Two comes out. Obviously, not the hit that everybody expected, but can't blame that on Garth. No. Right. No.
0: Was Michael uh, Bay Michael Bay always attached, or is that a was that a late? This
1: was yeah. It was always
0: a Michael Bay thing. All right. Oh man.
1: Uh. But, but what's so funny? Is that, you know, this was, I mean, remember also, listen, Larry Sanders show comes out at this time. And the final seasons of the Larry Sanders show are all about how Dana Carvey going to take over the Larry
0: Sanders show. Yeah, that's right.
1: Like, like, like that, that wasn't, that's like a realistic thing at the time that, mm-hmm. that he was going to that. He was that level of star. I mean, uh, Dana Carvey show comes out in 96. That's that was his prime time sketch show now obviously none of this goes well (laughs) uh or at least as well as one would hope as a Dana Carvey fan which I am a huge one John Lovitz is a bit more of the interesting the interesting uh, uh, aside but really it goes to show you how much that role probably was not thought like do you think of bad boys as a co-headlining kind of thing or is it Will Smith's movie with Martin
0: Lore? I don't I okay had we had a history that included Dana Carvey and John Lovitz starring in a movie called Bad Boys and it was directed by Michael Bay, I would probably perceive John Lovitz in the same way I perceive Martin Lawrence in what ended up happening, in that he is the lesser star, like the the star that isn't shining quite as bright, but also a guy that kind of cracks me up. Like John Lovitz, I have a personal kind of soft spot for John Lovitz. I think he's kind of a hoot. Um I like oh, him yeah. I like him in, in in bit parts and things, like in a league of their own. He's a great uh scouting dude for the for baseball. He's just a very small role. He's got a tiny role in Three Amigos that I appreciate. Um just a you know, a, like as a bit player and as a goofy-looking dude and as the voice of the critic, the much yep. lamented failed animated comedy that used to that spawned from the Simpsons. He's great, but he's not Dana Carvey level any more than Martin Lawrence was ever going to make will smith money so i i think it actually fits like if you're if we're breaking it down just in that weird little subsection i'd say sure he's he he is he is today to carve you what martin lawrence is to to will smith in this in this scenario what's weird to me is and by the way some people are going to say scott you guys did this movie on film sack you talked about bad boys Two, and we did and it may have even come up this weird idea, but I'll have to admit, even if I, even if this was mentioned before, I thought it was, comp- it had to be bullcrap because how do you go from, and I don't know why I feel so strong in this way, but how do you go from those guys where it sounds like it was way more farcical comedy to what is primarily a pretty action heavy action hero Will Smith's ripped and got muscles now sort of affair with some humor thrown in. But it's yeah. not primarily a comedy, the way it would have been.
1: No, it is a fun action movie, yeah. not necessarily a funny action movie. Right. There are funny parts, but it would have had to have lent, or, uh, le- lend, leaned far more on mm. humor in that casting. Right. And also, it would have almost been satirical, right? Right? right. If, if Dana Carvey is the the super macho alpha cop. That uh, that that Will Smith is it almost would have been a send up of Lethal Weapon,
0: right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And and there have been so I think that's a big when you brought that up, I went, oh my gosh, that's crazy. Also, a great topic. It certainly isn't the only example of this sort of thing, and that's what we want to talk to people about today. um whether, Yeah, I'm already
1: seeing a bunch here in the chat room.
0: Oh, good. Some of those people should call that number and let us know what their favorites are. One of my favorites was when I heard about years ago, and I had to do some digging to verify it, but apparently, it's true. Uh, Tom Hanks was originally cast as Jerry Maguire in the film Jerry Maguire. Now, the reason I like that is, like Bad Boys, it feels like this would have gone a very different direction with Tom Hanks in 1996. Um, He's not an old guy by any stretch, but he's not young, athletic-looking, chiseled, handsome, you know, typical Tom Cruise. He's affable tom hanks kind of dad body kind of goofball kind of whatever and that's a totally different movie to me than what we ended up getting um we got more here's a call let's see what this person's got hi you're on the air what's your uh what's your big casting you wish you'd have seen happen
2: hey scott hey justin two weeks in a row you yeah, and i am man.
0: sci-fi first up hey man yeah what's up homie well done you've won the, the trophy two weeks in a row well done I won the prize.
2: Not too much. Uh, So uh, I've got two off the top of my head. I'll start with the one that's the longer one, and then I can have you guys talk about the other one. Um, So did you know that because Mission Impossible 2 ran long, Doug Gray Scott, who was originally set to play Wolverine in the first X-Men movie, had to drop out and was replaced by Hugh Jackman? Oh, man. I did
1: know that. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I did not know that. That's crazy. Uh, I, yeah. I think that
1: there's also there's also a little behind the scenes because I think some contingent of the creative team were pushing for Hugh Jackman uh, mm-hmm. because they did uh, and I forget what half of it. It was like the studio wanted Dugray Scott and 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 uh, Brian Singer wanted Hugh Jackman. That there was a little bit of a a kind of push and pull there. But yeah, I mean, I remember reading those rumors uh, about Dugray Scott's casting when that happened. When mm. when it was when it was initially there, that was prime ain't it cool news, uh, you know, breaking all these like, you know, inside Hollywood scoop kind of things. And Hugh Jackman at the time was an absolute no name, except for, I think, like Australian soaps. Yeah. He had like a track record yeah. on with Australian soaps.
0: Yeah. I had no idea. So it's, and, and, that's and, crazy and he, to me.
2: This, this same guy was also at one point rumored to be James Bond after Pierce Brodson, and, and he wound up getting uh, not getting the role. So, I mean, talk about, like, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. That's Doug Gray Scott for you. By <laughs> the
1: way, Doug do Gray Scott, the Pierce Brosnan of the aughts. I mean, not the Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> the, the best of the odds.
0: Yeah. Pete Best is a good way to look that at it. Been,
1: that would have been a lot better if I had not fucked it up.
0: Well, it's all right. Hey, so here's so, so I am sci fi. Here's, here's just one final note on that. Think, yeah. what would, would, do you think we would have seen mm-hmm. the same long, lustrous, multifaceted career that Hugh Jackman's enjoyed? And he really has. He's been in tons of stuff. He's as right. uh, charming as anyone ever gets. Everyone freaking loves him. He even makes movies like uh, real steel, like good, like decent, like yeah. it's a decent movie because of him. <laughs> like you can see, you can watch the fountain and sort of get through it because Hugh Jackman's in it. Uh, what do you, do you ever, can you even picture DeRay Scott doing this now? There's no way. Of course not. No, he's, he's no, not well, Logan. He, We're he not, not having a, a Logan movie different
2: career trajectory. Right. Yeah. Right.
0: Right. That's crazy. All right. Your other one. What was your yeah. other
2: Yeah. So the other, the other one I wanted to bring up real quick, and you guys can talk about this after, uh, after I'm off, uh, so we were really, really close to having Tobey Maguire get replaced by Jake Gyllenhaal on Spider-Man because Tobey
0: Maguire hurt his back during filming. Oh, disgust! wow. Er, so he's saying like right at the top, they were going to switch him out. I didn't know that. Yeah,
1: I think it was in, in pre-production. He had injured himself. And so it was a you know big, gigantic tentpole movie like that. Like it's a big machine and sometimes it can't stop for even your lead actor. And uh, I think that was another one of those you know, they, uh, you know, some people want some people, other people want other people. Now there's a little window mm-hmm. to maybe pull a switcheroo and, uh, and, and, and it happens. Jake Gyllenhaal though. Do you think that that's,
0: uh, that's not that, that, that shocking. He's he fits. He would have totally done. It would that. be fine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like that. And, and also, fun. also his, if you could argue that, that the Spider-Man in the end by petering out the way it did, maybe did less for Tobey Maguire than he would have liked uh in other words we don't hear a lot about hot new toby movies being made but but gillenhall's busy making all kinds of interesting stuff all the time so I, i'm not saying he couldn't have done that and also been oh, spider-man certainly he works no, no he's fine he's fine i never okay let's get it out on the table so it's out there he, he always annoyed me as as peter parker
1: that's Peter Parker, yeah, huh? Yeah. Oh, come on. Get that hot take out there. Let's I don't, start rolling it out. Come <laughs> on, everybody. But put on, uh, spread some Vaseline on your face because we got some flames.
0: <laughs> I don't think he was ever very good. I think uh, I would have taken Andrew Garfield over him. I would have taken anybody who's been cast as Spider Man since over him. He's just, ne- which is never a very inspired choice for me. That may be because I never liked Pleasantville, which is the only other thing I associated with, with, uh, with him. But. Bottom line, Jay Gyllenhaal Gill- would have been fine. Gyllenhaal, Gyllenhaal, whichever it is, would have been great. And he w- continues to be great. But he's also one of those guys that just shows you it doesn't matter if he got Spider-Man great. If he didn't great, he's still going to make some of his career. So, By the way, Dugray Scott yeah.
1: is uh, a, a regular on the new Snatch TV series. Whoa, really? Yeah, he plays Vic Hill in the new uh, the new Snatch series. Hold on, is, is Snatch therein-
0: based on the uh, the um bill or the i can't think of the movie the movie with the all the irish people and the gypsies and stuff yep oh really
1: Uh, on on crackle
0: of all places (laughs) (laughs) okay i'm just gonna say that's great more power to everybody involved that is not a hugh jackman career is all i'm saying
1: no No. oh no 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 by the way uh for do scott (laughs) <laughs> a lot of work in London. You look at that IMDb man. Like he came to Hollywood, and it's a good thing he didn't give up his flat in uh, in old foggy London town because uh, he went working
0: there yeah. quite a bit. No kidding. So uh, one other thing I wanted to mention: if you go to any IMDb profile for any movie ever, in the trivia, there is often, I think, difficult to um, to prove trivia. That always says, especially if it's a movie made from, let's say, eighty nine to ninety eight, they always say Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone, uh, Sean Connery, and three other names you all know were considered for the role. Yeah, and I don't buy any of that. Like they're all they all say it, and there's nothing to prove any of them are right. And all I know is whoever got it got it. So how do you separate, like, <laughs> in this time of fake news and alternative uh, alternative facts? How do you separate real potential rumored castings from the actual ones that occurred? It's almost impossible.
1: Well, I mean, I think that part of it is, uh, you know, movies that were developed for somebody yeah. and then they turned them down. A lot of these stories wind up becoming, oh, somebody turned this role down and and now this other person got it. Because that's the way that everybody looks good. Right. Is if it's like, oh, OK, well, yeah, I was doing a bunch of other stuff at the time. Oh, man, I wish I could have done it. But instead this other person got the chance right uh then there's those in which there is physical proof and mm. as we mentioned probably two of the biggest is uh uh, uh tom Selleck yeah. as indiana jones and uh what is it eric stoltz
0: as marty mcfly correct those are big ones uh, i want to talk more about both those here in a sec hi you're on the air who's this oh see that's no good all right so there's that one there's that guy uh, so let's talk about the Indiana Jones thing. When Tom <laughs> Selleck was rumored to have and then confirmed to have been up for that, but it was going to conflict with his TV project, Magnum P.I. Yeah. So he went that direction.
1: Well, there there is screen test.
0: Yeah. There he's in the hat and in, everything. Right. Yeah. Like,
1: in the hat and everything. Yeah. Right? Yeah.
0: So so the only real th- I mean, I, I actually think he'd have been fine. Like there's nothing about that casting that I kind of have a problem with. I mean, I really like Harrison Ford in the role and I think he owned it and all that. But. But, if, but in an alternate universe where, where Magnum is, is indie, I'm, I think I'm okay with it. Um, but do you think he's one of those guys that just laments not doing it? Like, That's what I always think of first is these guys that go, oh, I'm passing on that weird project, and then it ends up being the hugest thing ever, and oh my gosh, and a total career maker, and they, didn't, they had first grab and they didn't do it. Do you think they spent a lot of time sort of going, oh my gosh, freaking Bill Murray or whoever, you bastard. Oh.
1: You know, I don't know. I, I think that would probably be a good question to ask some of the uh, the, the, the actor friends of, like, you know, because I think that there's part of it where you realize that, well, things are a success for a million different reasons. Yeah. And, and, and whether or not everything would have gelled the right way, or you had a chemistry with certain people, or that, that obviously wound up happening, like, I think that there's probably enough leeway that you can say, yeah, you know, you want to know what, like, maybe the world was ready for Indiana Jones, but Harrison Ford is just that right amount of like what makes Indiana Jones amazing is that vulnerability to his cockiness mm-hmm. right that he is this cocksure swagger guy, but also the, the 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 bonding moments of Indiana Jones to the audience is when he gets punched harder than he thinks that he is, and he just has that like look at the camera of like <laughs> oh Christ like those those are those moments where you're like okay cool like yes he is in no way like me i have this wish fulfillment that i wish i could be both action hero and college professor that could bang all the students uh, <laughs> and like uh, uh kind of that roguish oh i'm gonna sell this you know uh, a relic for hundreds of thousands of dollars in 1950 yeah uh, but also I get I, I I step on a Lego sometimes and make the same face. And I don't think that that Selleck necessarily has. He's a little bit more of just that almost more one dimensional wish fulfillment, like, you know, key in this macho kind of guy.
0: Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I, I felt like as an avid, avid magnum watcher back in the day, I think he I think he showed a lot of those kind of vulnerabilities that I think could have maybe worked. But whether he would have played toward it or made it a strength, I don't know. Would he have had to shave the mustache? That's that's the real controversy. Uh, I don't know. Would they have let him just keep the mustache? Maybe. He's one of the only guys in the world that can rock it. He is the Jason Statham. What Jason Statham is to bald action people is what Tom Selleck was to mustache-wearing people. So he didn't look like a pedophile or a freaking, you know, somebody's uh, school counselor from seventh grade. He somehow pulled that crap off. I still, to this day, don't really understand how that guy does it, but. I just wonder if he kicks himself in the butt. Hi, you're uh, on the air. Who's this? All people. Hello. You guys are Battle See ya. All right. There's another one of those. Love those. Those guys are great. They're just the best. And no, this is good. No, I
1: feel like this is this is cathartic. Yeah. This is like this is this is a, a nice game of Whack a Mole.
0: Yeah, and it's so fun to just as quickly uh, hang up on them as possible. Uh, Bill Murray and Chevy Chase were both uh, up for Forrest Gump. That, according to ScreenRant.com.
1: Uh wow, okay, wait, so uh, I mean, both would have been not the same movie.
0: nope, uh, I agree
1: uh I was so all right, let me ask you this though <laughs> we gotta replace him with one of them. My initial thing is like, oh Christ, like chevy chase there's he there's no way he cannot smarm his way through any role. Forrest Gump is the absence of that at least in the movie that we've come to know and love. Yeah. But then at the same time like is is a movie where Bill Murray isn't like the smartest guy in the room isn't that always going to be the worst version <laughs> of Bill Murray, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I don't know that it works either way. Like that's just th- these other two ideas are, are are also in 94, which is what we're talking about here. That's bad casting in 94 because neither I hate to say it, but neither Bill Murray or Chevy Chase were at the height of anything. They were on the downslide of their previous uh, stuff. Um, All right, 94. You, yeah, you're, you you think we're... you think Dana Carvey's star had had slightly drooped to oh, 94. shut up. Shut up. 94 Bill Murray does Groundhog Day. Okay, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. But All give right, me a Chevy is This is Bill Murray's early 90s. Give me you're a ch- right give this? me a Chevy Chase uh, example because there isn't any
1: oh my all right 91 he does what about bob 93 he does groundhog day
0: all right i'll give you those you two know what
1: i can actually kind of see a what about bob you watch what about bob and you're like mm, i don't know man maybe forrest gump maybe maybe <laughs> he can bring a little bit of that baby steps down the hall to, to to forrest gump i can kind of see that yeah but let's see chevy chase
0: yeah find out what chevy chase is doing because nothing is my answer i bet
1: I mean, he's probably still doing the, uh, the, the, the National Lampoon sequels, right? Yeah,
0: so maybe Vegas Vacation. Christmas Vacation was 89. So maybe Vegas was early 90s? Uh, 93, he plays himself in Last Action Hero. Okay. I don't
1: think we can count uh, that. All right, this is his early 90s. L.A. Story, Nothing But Trouble, Memoirs of an Invisible Man, Hero uh, <laughs> in an Uncredited Role, and then 94, he does Cops and Robbersons.
0: It's all bad. It's all shit. It it's not until like literally it's not until community that we get Chevy Chase in some sort of form again. And even then you could argue it was trouble cuz he fought Well, wait, everybody.
1: also, wait a minute. Isn't that also around the time that he does the 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 TV show?
0: His his talk show?
1: Yeah, when what? was the Chevy Chase show? <laughs> I thought
0: that was late 90s or late 80s close to 90s or right That's around good. before before Leno and Letterman squared off. I could have sworn, but maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I don't remember for sure, but that was so, so bad. I'll I mean, that
1: was like it. literally seven days.
0: It was the one of the worst things I've ever seen. Like, I don't know how you recover from that. And uh-huh. I like, and I like Chevy Chase. By the way, this is me, a fan of Chevy Chase and his work, saying all of this. I'm going to take this quick call. Keep, keep searching over there. All right. Hi, who's this?
2: Hi, I'm sorry to. About-
0: yeah, bye. Try <laughs> this one. I got one more. Oh no, they hung up. Dang it. Because of that person, the other person rang too many times and I lost him. All right. Oh, no. All
1: yeah. right. So here we go. Chevy Chase Show, 25 episodes. Hachi mochi. Uh, I mean, that's that's not even, is that a month?
0: It's like, uh, it's about three weeks.
1: And by the way, <laughs> when was Forrest Gump?
0: 94.
1: Those 25 episodes in 1993. <laughs>
0: Uh, it's all coming into crystal clear clarity now
1: Oh my god, also, by the way Let's go meta on meta on meta Inception uh, into casting on casting on casting uh, Chevy Chase was the second version Because Fox initially wanted Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say musician uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to give you three guesses A musician that initially was going to get the Chevy Chase show
0: Um, Musician musician who would that be someone who did interviews and everything who
1: apparently was good enough fox well uh, that, that was the initial idea was let's go to this musician and let's give her a nightly talk show
0: oh her okay well that's a good hint i mean where did where did where did what's her name end up where did um uh it's the one that carson never talked to again uh uh joan rivers that was 87 okay that was 87 this was
1: their first uh uh a uh, run at it since the Joan Rivers show.
0: Musician. Okay. Yeah. Carol King. No. no.
1: <laughs> Think. Uh, uh, all right. One more and I'll tell you if you're closer all right, all or, right. or, or, or
0: uh, warmer or colder. Can you just tell me if it's a solo artist? It is a solo artist. Okay.
1: In fact, one that uh, dare I say is uh, uh, still relevant. Certainly not uh, as in her heyday.
0: Madonna. But, uh, what? Madonna. No, little
1: bit older and maybe a little bit more country fried. Oh. Uh
0: Shania Twain? Dolly <laughs> oh, Art Okay. <laughs> they initially wanted Dolly. She's a much more country fried person, by the way.
1: Uh, Fox originally asked uh, country musician Dolly Parton to host a new late night program, the first since 1987's The Late Show Starring Joan Rivers, Justin Red from Wikipedia. Parton uh, turned down the network and suggested Chase for the job. Chase then signed a $3 million deal with Fox, uh, apparently uh, on the back of the idea that, oh, my God, he's from Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live is really relevant between the old people that have gone on to have careers and the new people. We can just have as many like like, this is a a pipeline into Hollywood. All of his famous friends are going to be around there before realizing that literally everybody hates Chevy Chase (laughs) and he could not get anybody on.
0: (laughs) They hate him. They don't like working with him. His writers hated him. That show was miserable and awful. And it is a dark time. Like why? I would have disappeared, too for a decade or whatever, before I had anything to do again. And even then, even with a great resurgence in community, he can't even make it through the entire series because he has too much infighting with everybody involved. Like, that guy just seems like Captain Dick Ahoy. All right, we got a caller. Hi, who's this? uh, uh, Hello?
2: Hey, team, it's SkillsCat in the chat. Hey, man. I figured I'd call up and, like, save you.
0: Yeah, thanks for being a real guy. It's nice to have a real caller. This is good. What's, What's up?
2: Hey, don't get used to it. (laughs) <laughs> um, so the biggest one that I saw that I'd heard about before was that they offered Forrest Gump to Travolta.
0: Oh, geez. I mean, I
2: can't even imagine that one. Apparently, uh, some other people turned it down too, including Chevy Chase. Mm. I can almost see Chevy Chase doing that in yeah. a strange way, but obviously, you know, now that we've seen it with, uh, with, um, what's his face? Tom Hanks. then obviously with Tom Hanks. Yeah. <laughs> Then obviously we can't think of anybody else doing the part and do a great job with
0: it. Yeah, I, I agree. Also, uh, feel like I feel like John Travolta was a lot on these lists. In fact, if you go on IMDb, he's half the time. He's the guy that is supposedly casting things that never makes it in or whatever. Um, Wait a
1: minute, but then how is he like? Like it's only a year later that his career's rescued <laughs> by by Pulp Fiction, right? Like how was his career rescued if he was like uh, almost in every famous movie ever?
0: Well, think of this: so so right before this, it was what? Look who's talking, and look who's talking now, and again, or whatever those sequels were. Then yeah. Forrest Gump. So he was kind of having a little bit of mainstream, whatever. But everybody had written him off and saying, you know, basically said, "Well, look, this is all just weird family fare. This is where this is his." You know, this is he's going to be a dad on a Nickelodeon show one day. Like, there's no way he's going to go further than this. And then Pulp Fiction literally changed that for the rest of his life, I think. I think it's still I think that stuff still trickles down. This thing he was in with that O.J. Simpson series. It, I just finished and um, really liked, by the way.
1: Oh, yeah. No. Uh, oh, oh so wait. Oh, so when you said that you finished watching the O.J. thing. Yeah. You meant the show and not the documentary. No,
0: the documentary I started today yeah uh while i was drawing and they're
1: both amazing
0: yeah that's i uh, so so far i really like i mean i love documentaries so i'm probably leaning toward that because i like i don't know i like that kind of filmmaking but i thought the acting the characters the casting was incredible but john travolta's character is like the biggest cartoon character ever his robert shapiro is not i don't want to say it's laughable because i actually looked forward to it um i liked it when he was on screen but it was really, really out there, and it was awesome. So, anyway, whatever. Thanks, Fair. thank Tarantino is all I'm saying. Thank Tarantino.
1: Robert Shapiro is a bit of a character. <laughs> yeah, he like, totally is. I think, I think if, if if there is anything to be said, it is that he, uh, uh, he 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 did the cartoon version, but I don't think that it was necessarily all that far. <laughs> uh, no, that that was great. Also, just because I don't know what it is, I think it's just me getting older, mm. but I've now found the moment in time for which I like have nostalgic childhood pining for
0: to right around 94.
1: And it's the early nineties. It's like, it's shoulder pads and smoking inside and bizarre perms. And, and you know, like we're, we're getting to the beginning of slap bracelets, like all that. I, I I just, I now know I'm an ossified old fart that is always going to mark out whenever anybody you know uh, shows up with rabbit ears on a television that is showing the like people people making jokes about how nobody watches fox like that's that's where i'm at married with children
0: yeah yeah well they had like three shows or whatever that's how that's that's very interesting for me it's 84 to 88 those are my years of deepest nostalgia and but i still have this because 94 i was like 23 24 that is still a big year for me for, I don't know why. Well, part of it is I my oldest daughter was born that year. That's probably a big part of it. But I remember things very specifically about 94. I remember Shawshank Redemption. I remember Forrest Gump. I remember The Lion King. I remember these kinds of things. And it felt like 94 was when the 90s finally started getting their shit together and and started being its own decade. Yeah. And then there well, was, you know. You
1: subscribe know. to the idea that that culturally – Everything really moves on the fives.
0: Yeah, kinda. Time. Yeah.
1: Although really what what screwed that up, I mean, not to trivialize it, what screwed <laughs> that up was 9-11.
0: Yeah, that kind of did.
1: Everything before 9-11 and after 9-11 were obviously felt very, very different. Like the mood of art and everything and and how we communicated. They, there was this just big fire. Like literally, we're like every channel was now covering this one big event. Mm -hmm. And then as things came back, it was think about where you're at literally right now, Mm -hmm. as opposed to, ah, well, this worked three years ago. Let's just do the thing that worked three years ago. It was all like, let's be hypersensitive to the moment.
0: Yeah, I'd say Uh, 17 year, nearly 17 years on, which is crazy to think, by the way, 16 years, I guess. um, It's still it still feels like that's still happening. Like I still don't feel like uh, it could be just me, but I don't feel like culture, entertainment, or the arts have stepped so far away from that event that it's no longer touched by it. It all still feels touched by it, in one way or the other.
1: No, I think we got.
0: I think that they're. You know,
1: I mean, maybe I don't know. Maybe, maybe you could say that that the idea of like our our we, we got way back into dystopian stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that was probably, uh, uh, certainly touched between like not only nine 11, but also the, uh, the, the, the reaction and, and where we went from it and the idea of, uh, an ever expanding government that there's like, you know, a good guy president who's talking about how cool it is that we can do drone strikes and stuff like that, that right. there's, there is, there is like an element that kind of plays into that, yeah. um, yeah. But yeah no i i would I, I think we are a little bit far away though
0: yeah well i think I feel like we are for the most part, it just feels like everything is is it's how do I put this? It's like hmm, it's like the 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 leg of a cow was blown off, but we're still eating that cow. And and you don't even hardly notice. Like you notice the front what end of that cow. The hell is that? There's a certain. There's like a certain part of the upper front, like the torso of the cow. I don't know what cut You're of beef. Eating a live cow, or
1: is the cow dead? <laughs> the cow's the cow dead. Cow dead Why are dead. we
0: eating it? Here, here's here's how it works. The cow's dead. Okay. Okay. The the live and dead part does kind of mess my my thing up. But if yeah. uh, if we forget about that part of it, let's okay. say so there's a
1: sentient cow, <laughs> yeah. and we we've, uh, we've surgically removed its leg. <laughs>
0: Let's say it's a cow that just gives us meat, but continues living. Okay. So it just like,
1: hey, mother, it's a cow. Why can't it just give us milk? <laughs> like that's like the thing about a cow.
0: All right, milk. There you go. Perfect. No, you did it. That's what I was looking for. I was looking for an <laughs> out. So it had its leg blown off in 2001 and it was a horrifying, shocking and debilitating experience. But 16 years later, it's still giving us milk, but it's still part of the same cow. Do you see what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. Uh, Sure. I think it's perfectly clear, if not illuminating, that everybody can understand and appreciate. is the cow, the the three-legged cow that keeps on milking.
0: <laughs> That's the one. That's the one. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this? Hello? Okay, they're fake. Let's try this one. Hi, you're on the air. Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? Who's so, this? So what I was thinking is like,
2: well, what's going to happen to these kids now? Twenty years from now, when they become nostalgic for this time period,
0: well, same thing, oh, right? Reborn. same thing. Yeah, I but think... It's
2: all going to be reboots from 80s and 90s. Oh,
0: that's a, okay. Now that's a good twist. We should talk about that, Justin. This idea of uh, also, yeah. Oh, I'm not let. I think I'm worried he's going to say something bad, so I'm going to let him. I'm not going to let him finish. <laughs> Little, you think that
1: was that was that was uh, he took too long on his preamble for the troll before he screamed the end? I, I
0: do. It felt a little constructed. I mean, I may be paranoid because of you know <laughs> recent events, but I you know I just, if, was,
1: if, if that was legit, then we'll apologize in the text. But we're 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 gonna make you show the receipts.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, that's right, dude. We are. I'm still working on a call screener option. It's 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 happening. It involves another human being though, so it's taking a little time. But anyway, this idea that Ghostbusters reboot could be some kids. Nostalgic thing, or Star Wars episodes seven and eight are the are the jam for some eight or nine year old now. Sure, Uh, they're just reliving what
1: we live. But we're already living in that now, right? Everybody's freaking out because they're remaking Scarface. Yeah, and it's the funniest thing on the planet because Scarface was a remake of a gangster movie (laughs) named Scarface. Like, there's literally no like it was a it was a a gritty reimagining of. A gangster story well let me go let
0: me go another level deep for you then because what i've heard about this remake is that that's what they're aiming for is a gritty reimagining of the uh 1980s classic or late 70s classic scarface it's already what it was yeah oceans 10
1: i I think i think well who is it is it uh uh diego luna or or, uh, gabriel garcia bernal hmm Playing them so at least they'll, they'll actually get somebody who speaks Spanish to play the
0: role this that, time. That'd be nice. good. Yeah, that'd be good. I mean, not. Lo- I actually, I'm really looking forward to it. But you're right this this pattern's already in place. We're getting. We're already it. doing it. Yeah. That's
1: all we ever do, and it's fine. It's, it's fine. Great. It's we've, fine. We've lived. We. I mean, and and that's before we get into uh, uh before we get into to any and all of these. Now here's one that that became huge and uh, uh uh kind of embarrassing for for at least one of the people involved. Uh. Batman Returns, starring Michael Keaton. Uh Michelle Pfeiffer plays Catwoman. Yes. But initially, turned down for the role was Sean Young. Oh, my. Uh, And famously, she wound up showing up to the executives' uh, office wearing a Catwoman outfit, (laughs) upset, like to prove to them. And, uh, uh, that that she that she should have gotten the role.
0: Oh, uh, and this was pri- this was prime. Sean Young is losing it. Period of time. This certainly played into it. Although, Jesus man, I'll tell you what. Looking at her IMDb, lady is working. No, oh, she got plenty going on now.
1: Work, 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 work. But, right. but uh,
0: this at this time though she this was like her James Woods uh, is stalking me. Period, or she's stalking James Woods or whatever, and yeah, all that stuff. Was so. Going on. Let's see. When did
1: Batman Returns come
0: out? I'm going to guess while you look it up. 89 was first Batman. I'm going to say Batman Returns was 91. 92. 92. Okay.
1: 92. So she goes from Wall Street. uh, uh, The Boost, Cousins, Firebird, Kiss Before Dying. And then the stuff she did in 92. Love Crimes, Once Upon a Crime, Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me. Ugh. Sketch artist. Wow, yeah. So a lot of
0: uh Any of these I mean, really, were any of these uh none of these are that Kevin Costner movie she was in. Um
1: no. Really this is all uh, uh 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 farting around until we get to uh ninety three Fatal Instincts and Ace Ventura, pet detective, Finkel is Einhorn. <laughs> Einhorn is Finkel.
0: <laughs> all right, good. Well, what a what a what a classic that turned out to be. Uh, Peter Fisher is on the line. Hey, Peter. Hello. Oh, hey, man. You there? Uh, hey, what's on your mind? Yeah,
1: I was on a external speaker, so I had to turn that off. No, oh, no worries. Uh, what about the this talk about reimagining? It seems to be the the main bit of their reimagining is that it's different actors.
0: Hmm. <laughs> is
1: it is it sort of like sh- shouldn't sh- what would happen if they took like something like Star Wars and really reimagined it like with I don't know but like
2: yeah. instead
1: of having like a lot of people say that Force Awaken is just like a somewhat like a carbon copy of of A New Hope what if they actually did something real different like Let's say the Rebels became the Empire
0: uh-huh. well, and the the, answer, the New Order isn't? Sure, sure. No, this I, it's a fair question, but I think it's an easy answer, Justin. The answer is they need to do the thing that they think they've calculated will make the most money and the biggest return. The biggest yeah. money in return is playing on the things that made Star Wars pop in the first place. So I could never see them going... We're reimagining Star Wars where everything's flipped on its end and there's nudity and sex and there's, you know, whatever the opposites of everything are. That's what we're going to do. That's not that's not happening.
1: Well, let me. All right. So let's get let's get way weird on this one. All, all, right? Right, all right. This is a thought I have. OK. Because we've already seen it. Yeah. That when things become classics. Sure. Right. We tend our stomach for effing with it becomes different very often there are purists that want to just do it exactly the way that it was always done because that's the traditional the old masters did it this way and and there is beauty and perfection in what they did yada 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 mm-hmm. or do you have like the, 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 the flip the script kind of thing what know, I'm trying to say even with new stuff right think,
0: like John Wick think, John Wick counts as something today I think that is like that John Wick has established itself now with this sequel and all of the raves it's getting and it's uh first movie a couple of years ago have established a new movie that i think people think is now a action classic modern classic and they will think about that movie in 10 15 years the way they thought about the matrix the way they thought about die oh, hard let me, let
1: me let me let me put it to you this way all right i think that star wars will be thought of as shakespeare oh wow and and, and we are going to get productions if not movies of star wars with new actors playing those roles because they are now not simply just roles that we like that. Oh, Carrie Fisher and Oh, Harrison Ford and Oh, Mark Hamill. Right. It's going to be like, no, we can study this and it can be great uh, uh, with new actors in it.
0: Wow. Because By the way, yeah,
1: I would love to see that. And the only reason why we don't do it, in my opinion, in movies is because of Gus Van Sant's psycho, which was exactly what I'm talking about. It was a shot for shot, line for line, the exact same Hitchcock movie, right? But with new actors, Vince Vaughn was uh, uh, Norman Bates. And uh, I think it was Anne Heche was the lady who gets what what gets murdered at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, But that sucked and nobody (laughs) liked it. But I don't think it was bad. I think it was just that not that many people had seen Psycho. Like, yeah. film nerds saw Psycho. Right. People who watch AMC, Turner, or Turner Classic movies saw Psycho. Right. Uh, it wasn't Star Wars. If you did Star Wars right now and just cast the hottest actors, right, mm-hmm. uh, uh, to do it, I think people would see it. And it wouldn't be expected to be fresh and interesting and fun. It would just be us revisiting with different takes and different acting uh, uh, elements like to this classic stuff. It would be an isolation in the same way That a Shakespearean play, actors love doing it because really, once you isolate all the dialogue, now all that's there is the direction and the acting and how you take it in your own way and whether or not you can hit those notes in the same way that somebody who did it 50 years ago or 100 years ago
0: did. Well, then your theory uh, implies the following. A, I think you're not wrong. And I think that's kind of what's already happening with Seven forward. Um, there's a little bit of like, here's the old and here's the new, but it's, you know, it's kind of a redressing of what we already had. Yeah. But, but also, then that does that mean that in the same way we got the Romeo and Juliet treatment that instead of swords, it's guns and they're set in a yeah. modern era, except they're talking in the parlance of the time uh, or something more like Titus, which I'm a huge fan of that Titus movie with um, Anthony Hopkins, uh, which is this weird yeah proto future of over, both past over. oh i love that movie it's so freaking weird but that's what you're is that what you're implying like in 50 years somebody yes. will reimagine star wars in a way that is kind of like what peter was suggesting which is just flip it all star wars in
1: east la uh uh star wars as a uh an actual uh, uh western star wars in new york star wars underwater give me all give me Give me Star Wars in the same amount of ways that I got Romeo and Juliet.
0: That is a fascinating idea. Actually, I'd never really considered it. But if something becomes so permeable in the culture, why not? Like, why not? At some point, we get a stomach for that, and then we have a weird comedy set in Southeast LA that's really Othello, but it's just yeah. covered in something else. Or, or yeah, what was what was Bullworth? Bullworth was what King Lear? King Lear, I believe. Yeah. And there's been uh, how many what's the one where he's talking to the skull to be or not to be a uh, freaking Hamlet. Hamlet. There's a billion Hamlet movies that you didn't even know were Hamlet. Oh, everybody. Yeah. Hamlet
1: and Macbeth are the ones that like soft get rebooted all the time. Yeah. Or, hell, you know, uh, what was it? Ten Things I Hate About You is Taming of the Shrew and yeah. stuff like that. There's yeah. a billion. I yeah. mean, Shakespeare just gets worked out like when it comes <laughs> to that stuff. But yeah, uh, I, I think. Yeah, I, I think uh, at least for me. In, and the reason why I think this is true is that in a world of infinite content, we just found out, me and you probably both really liked the movie Snatch Start with the. You Brad know,
0: Pitt and all the, that. Yeah. Guy
1: Richie, the original.
0: Yeah. I Brad like Pitt, I that movie a lot. Yeah.
1: Datum and everything. It was great. Mm-hmm. We didn't know that there was a show made about it <laughs> because it's on Crackle. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, that's weird. It's weird. We're living in infinite media. There's a million things that come and go, and we see it, and we don't, and maybe it'll surface at some point, or if it's good or if it's bad. Like, now, why not? Why not do, why for Disney, why wouldn't you? The only reason why you wouldn't do a low-budget reimagining of Star Wars is because you think on some minuscule level that putting the Star Wars brand on anything
0: Mm -hmm. should
1: make a jillion dollars
0: right that's the current thinking and it's the one difference by the way it was incepted in a time where blockbusters began and now that's a different world as opposed to even something that that far behind that which was marvel going bankrupt and selling the rights to roger corman to make a freaking uh, captain america or a you know fantastic four movie for very little money um they had they had sold the rights to uh What's the what's Globin and Gorbin company that did Superman 4? Um, Canon Films. They sold the rights to Spider-Man to Canon Films for $256,000. Yeah, It's ridiculous. That is the lowest amount of money you should ever give anyone for anything in Hollywood. And yet they got it for Spider-Man. So one of the things about Shakespeare that, that always is going to be different is that there's no big mega corporation, worldwide conglomerate that owns the rights to it. Shakespeare can be reimagined and done a fifty thousand times as comedies, as futuristic death movies, as whatever, because nobody owns the rights to it. And Star Wars is just
1: public domain stuff, right? Yeah,
0: but but in but in the case of Star Wars, will there ever come a time where me and you could go make a movie, call it parody if we want, but really it's uh, all of its underpinnings. I mean, Star Wars in a lot of ways is is a little Kurosawa, a little bit of Knights of the Round Table, a little bit of some other stuff. Little uh, no, was it Hidden Fortress and mm-hmm. and uh you know a few of the other big Yeah, so ones. why why couldn't there I mean I don't mean outright ripoff, but but the idea you and I could redress a movie that is a that is set as a modern mobster movie in Boston. Yeah. That follows all of the exact same beats and storyline tropes of Star Wars Episode four and get away with it. You just redress it, you change it. They aren't lightsabers and they aren't, you know, it's it's pistols and and samurai swords, because this guy from the Yakuza's in it, and he's just yeah. a young, he's just a young firm Yakuza. <laughs> yeah. but I mean, I'm going off the rails, but you get my point. Like, I, maybe that's where we see it, because Disney's never going to let anyone have their hands in that cookie jar,
1: ever. All right, hey, uh, totally off topic before we uh, wrap things up yeah. here. Did you notice that over the weekend, Marvel effectively announced to the world that they were going to try... To put two movies in like the top five moneymakers of all time. <laughs> yeah, I did see that. <laughs> like the, two of them. They yeah. they 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 get. Yep. You know, it just so happened somebody leaked to the press that Guardians of the Galaxy got like a perfect one hundred for its first test screenings. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so they're already building the hype train on that. Yep. Uh, and then they do this big uh now-filming thing for uh, Avengers Infinity War mm-hmm. where they, like, have the first brilliant little marketing video where the first thing you see, like, they don't even need to make a big deal. They don't even say, like, Spider-Man, Iron Man, Star-Lord, all in the same place at the same... <laughs> they just open with the three of them there, and by the time you realize, oh, 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 look at them! They're all together! Where is it? Is it in space? I don't know! Are they on the side of a volcano? (laughs) So smart. Marvel just gets that hype train.
0: Yeah, they get it, but also, now that they've got it, they're good at keeping on getting it. Like well, that's... they make
1: good movies, which helps, you know, sure. uh, uh, you know the, the making the, the bad movies hasn't seemed to have worked out for some other franchises. We will remain nameless, but <laughs> let's just say that their name of their mother is Martha. Uh, <laughs> but it, it's just so it's so amazing to see, like, it almost to be honest, you want to know what? I mm. think that those both that the leak story yeah. and yeah. that trailer, that was a direct shot at a franchise. But it wasn't D.C. Mm-mm. It was Star Wars. No, yeah. It was in in company rivalry of like, hey, you want to know what? Like, let's let's go ahead and have a race. Let's see who can make. Let's see how close we can get with 10 years <laughs> worth of build up for a Marvel. The team up to end all team ups. This thing is going to be Five hours long like it is it is going to be pack a lunch we're gonna we're gonna call intermission and serve finger sandwiches uh <laughs> in the middle of this movie it's gonna be so long but you're gonna be so happy you're there yeah. uh because we want to try to make more uh, as close to the the, the kind of uh, money that that episode eight is gonna make
0: mm-hmm. uh
1: with, with this it does, i it think d- that's
0: that's awesome i do too it does feel a little bit like People from cubicle row A are having some fun with people in cubicle just row B. Doing this, which yeah. is
1: one of those like, like I'm looking at you hand <laughs> gesture thing.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see next year. Actually, things are things are heating up, folks. This year, even. Uh, so that's it, I think, for the show. Um, if you've got your own ideas about who was miscast and who should have been what, we didn't even talk about the big one, the Cage Cage's Superman that almost literally happened.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I guess that doesn't really count, right? Because the movie never happened.
0: No, uh, they, but he's you know he's been in the suit. There are test shots. Like
1: that was the Tim Burton Superman movie. Yep. Uh, of course, famously discussed by Kevin Smith, who turned in a draft uh, of it. Uh, this is back when Clerks blew up, and mm-hmm. now all of a sudden he was getting for higher writing uh, stuff. Yep. But uh, but yeah, it was gonna. It was it was set to shoot. They were in pre production. They were going to shoot in Pittsburgh.
0: Yeah, it was going. There's photos you can find of long-haired, long black-haired uh, Nicolas Cage in a really weird, shiny Superman suit. And it's worth your time if you haven't checked those out because, man, we dodged a bullet on that one. <laughs> uh, I think that's going to do it for us. Justin, anything to pimp? You got some pimpage? What's going on?
1: Uh, hey, everybody. Right now, if you are watching us, then go ahead and give me a follow at uh, twitch.tv slash Young. Uh, Follow me on Twitter uh, at Justin R. Young. And uh, a happy birthday to my wife, Ashley Paramore. Oh my
0: gosh. She is only one day off from the President uh, Lincoln's birthday yesterday, uh, who would be 208 years old today had he lived.
1: I'll tell you what, and she's uh, got almost as sexy legs.
0: And beard. No, 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 that's not true. We love Ashley. Happy birthday to her. And uh, happy birthday to everyone who shares a birthday with Ashley Paramore slash you. Uh, hey, that's going to do it. I can't think of anything else. Uh, thanks, everybody, for watching live. Of course, you're finding this show live. If you haven't, uh, you're not here then. And if you're not, then go to it. It's at twitch.tv slash frogpants. And we recommend you be here every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific time. It's going to do it for us, for me. Oh, Hotline Monday on Twitter, everybody. Go check us out there as well. For me, yep. for Justin, take it easy. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Yes. Get more at frogpants.com. Oh, I forgot the Diamond Club thing. Where is that? Here it is. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>